1: Locked on sports today.
2: Kevin Durant hands the Brooklyn Nets an ultimatum. The SEC notched three teams in the top 10 of the preseason coaches poll, and the Saints are proving the importance of a veteran backup quarterback. He's got great hair, too. I'm Peter Bukowski. Starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
1: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
2: It's me or it's them. We've reached the ultimatum stage in the Kevin Durant negotiation with the Brooklyn Nets, and that's what it has apparently become, a negotiation. Kevin Durant wants out or he wants changes made to the Brain Trust, Steve Nash and Sean Marks, this according to a report from Sham Sharania on Monday. Joining me now to suss all of this out, Adam Armbrecht from Locked on Nets, and Adam, this is a clear power play from Kevin Durant, a player who has a lot of power. What do you see as the most likely resolution to this ultimatum? Yeah, I, we found it pretty fascinating on, on the podcast,
3: ignoring myself, because it's being referred to as a power move, and I understand why it gets framed that way. However, at the time when Kevin Durant submitted his trade request, it was all but assumed that this was the reason why. I don't like what Sean Marks is doing as the GM, and I may not be a fan of Steve Nash as the head coach. So from that standpoint, I I don't really, this doesn't really change anything for me. And so if, to answer your question directly, Josiah is choosing Sean Marks, and at, at least in the short term, choosing Steve Nash. That's kind of a secondary component to this. I think the bigger issue would be Sean Marks here. He already said that he's choosing Sean Marks because they didn't immediately fire him when Kevin Durant came to the table and said I want to
2: trade. So, with all of that being in our review now, how do you think this proceeds? Is this the last act of a desperate man in Kevin Durant? Um yeah, and I think
3: this is about public narrative, right? The way the perspective of the fan base is going to feel. And by the way, when this comes out from Sham Sharania, if you were on the side of the organization has done wrong by Kevin Durant, boy, are you further entrenched on now the idea that it's publicly Sean Mark, Steve Nash. That's what's stopping Kevin Durant from being a Brooklyn net going forward. And on the other side, if you thought, that the organization gave up too much quote unquote power, right? Or didn't have enough stability in bringing the superstars. This further emboldens you to say, that's why you can't give into it. I think that it increases the likelihood that Kevin Durant is not going near training camp. And that's, that could all, but be assumed. He's not going to step onto the court for the Brooklyn nets. That, that is the new layer to this. We had speculated around, would he show up? Would he play to start the season and see how things could look going forward? That is now officially off the table, barring Sha- uh, Josiah, excuse me, turning around and saying, okay, I'm gonna strip down everything, we're gonna bring in a new GM bring in a new head coach and go forward with you, Kevin Durant. And I honestly don't think that that's actually even what Kevin Durant ultimately wants. I think he wants to be out of the Brooklyn Nets organization and wants to go elsewhere. So now it's just about how long will the organization wait out the trade market instances we've seen around you know, Anthony Davis. We've seen some of these things play out. Ben Simmons, who is now a Brooklyn Net, right? Eight months of not playing and not being on the basketball court before ultimately a trade was able to materialize. So now it's just the long game and how patient the Brooklyn Nets are going to be around the packages that come back from potential suitors. So
2: if if this is a situation where Kevin Durant is saying, I need this changed or I'm not playing, we saw Ben Simmons in Philadelphia say, I'll sit. That's fine. I'm out. I'll sit. Kevin Durant, certainly from from the outside, does not seem like the kind of player who would just sit a season for something like this. So what, what does Kevin Durant do if Joe Josiah says, okay, I choose Sean Marks and Steve Nash. You're under contract. You either play or you're not going to get paid. Yeah, and the fascinating thing about
3: this in some ways is coming to Joe Josiah and saying, hey, I am still as committed as I was to my trade request. And Joe Josiah would turn around and say, right, and we're committed to getting the best value for you. And if you're coming into this conversation and listen, there's plenty of blame to go around in a circumstance, but it's almost saying like you should value me less and then take less for me so that I can move off this roster, right So there's a really weird dynamic there. I think that the Brooklyn Nets again, if organizationally they were committed to this being the ultimate outcome when things started to deteriorate around the superstars, what does it matter? Sit out the entire season. it doesn't impact we're waiting for the trade package that we feel comfortable around for Kevin Durant. And this is why this is really the worst of all worlds. And I don't want to play for you. So I'm going to sit out. We all agree. We don't want to be together anymore. It's just a matter of, I think now it's about the NBA landscape and what team starts to become desperate or what team gets emboldened around their championship odds as the season starts to unfold early on. Now you can say, well, if we go get ourselves a Kevin Durant, That's what pushes us across the finish line. So I I think both parties are probably willing to dig themselves in here. And that narrative around things that, and Kevin Durant or any superstar, that they wouldn't do X or they've never done Y before. Right. It's never happened until it happens. Now it looks like Kevin Durant is willing to do several things, and he's justified to do so if he feels like the Nets organization is not the best place for him. Request a trade. Had never done that before. Sit out for training camp. Has never done that before not play to start a season, has never done that before, but these are uncharted waters for him in his professional career.
2: In response to KD's ultimatum of them or me, owner Joe Sy had this to say in a tweet, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets, which would mean KD isn't in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Stay up to date on the Brooklyn Nets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Nets podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the SEC has three teams poised for the playoff before the season even begins.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: Here's what to look for on BetOnline, your number one spot for all your gambling needs this season. Let's take a quick look at a few Major League Baseball lines for tonight. The Miami Marlins are on the road to face the Philadelphia Phillies. BetOnline likes the Phils to win easily, minus 220 on the money line. The Blue Jays travel to face the Orioles. BetOnline likes the Jays, minus 168. And the New York Mets are hosting the Cincinnati Reds as big favorites. BetOnline has the Mets almost 3 to 1, -281 on the money line bet online where the game starts.
1: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
2: Aaron Rodgers didn't do drugs according to the NFL. His use of the hallucinogenic drink ayahuasca during an off-season retreat isn't considered a violation of the NFL's drug policy. Rodgers discussed his trip to Peru in 2020 on another podcast and that it was an ayahuasca retreat. Rodgers said on the podcast that the retreat gave him a deep and meaningful appreciation for life and added, I came back and I knew I was never going to be the same. He would go on to win the MVP in back-to-back seasons after that. Maybe some other quarterbacks should try it. The New York Jets received some bad news concerning a key protector for Zach Wilson. Maybe he'll go on the ayahuasca retreat next. An MRI of Makai Becton's right knee revealed a more serious injury than initially believed. The Jets fear he may be out for a significant period of time, as it is another injury to the knee he had to have season-ending surgery on last September. A source close to the team reported that this is a different injury than what necessitated that surgery, though. Becton left practice after being jolted by a defensive lineman during an 11-on-11 drill that sent him back and falling awkwardly while his foot appeared to stick underneath him. Despite not picking up his fifth-year option, the Las Vegas Raiders have, quote, no desire to trade Josh Jacobs, this according to head coach Josh McDaniels. Reports from camp are that Jacobs has no ill will toward the Raiders for passing on his option and even looks motivated and faster after missing the offseason workouts due to an undisclosed injury. I'm a firm believer in the work that you put in is going to pay out for itself. And I had to be here either way, Jacobs said. And this is where I want to be. I didn't have a problem with it. It just gave me a reason to come in every day, gel with the guys and work. That kind of response seems rare nowadays, but it is, after all, a business, and these guys more than ever get that. Having been on the injured list since late June with a knee ailment, Jason Hayward may have played his last game as a Chicago Cub. He slated to miss the rest of the season. And Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, said on Monday that Hayward would not return to the Cubs in 2023. Next season was to be the final one under his eight-year contract. He signed with Chicago back in 2016. He will always be remembered for the World Series speech he gave to the 2016 team. But Hayward's career as a Cub did not see much success on the box score. Meanwhile, on the field, the Cubs received two inspiring performances from some young players that led them to a win over the Nationals.
0: Cubs defeat the Nats 6-3 tonight on the back of Nelson Velasquez and Christopher Morel which is a beautiful thing to hear if you're a Cub fan. Two young guys that hopefully will be a part of the 2023 campaign. It's a, it's a homer for each guy, a three-hit night for Nelson Velasquez, a two-hit night for Christopher Morrell. Keegan Thompson did not pitch well in this game, despite what the numbers say. He was pretty fortunate, but that's a good sign, right? A young pitcher being able to, to, to find a way to figure out a way to be effective, uh, when he doesn't have really great command or his best stuff. He went six, got the win, I believe his ninth of the year. This is not a good Nationals ball club. It's not a good Cubs ball club either, but the Cubs really should be able to handle these games, at least two out of every three. So we'll see if they can't uh, get a little win streak together. I believe it's going to be Marcus Stroman followed by Justin Steele, the two Cubs' best pitchers. Hopefully we can uh, get the brooms out. We'll see. Cubs win 6-3.
2: That said, not, not hard to get a win over the Nationals these days, though. The Cubs are probably celebrating every victory at this point.
1: Here is another story you need to know. Stop me if you've heard this before.
2: Alabama is the number one ranked team in the country. This according to the preseason coaches poll. And they're not the only team from the SEC in the top 10. Georgia comes in at number three. Texas A&M at number seven. Do we get to include Oklahoma yet? At number nine. Chris Gordy from Locked on SEC joins me now to talk about all of this. And no, we don't get to count Oklahoma yet. But Chris, my first thought when I see this is uh, we just saw Alabama and Georgia play and Georgia won. So aren't Bulldog fans probably pretty annoyed right now with what they're seeing?
4: (laughs) I think so. But look, the only person that gets the benefit of the doubt year in and year out is Nick Saban and Alabama. Why? Because. They have consistently retooled, and they're back in this thing every single year. So uh, it sucks if you're a Georgia fan. Granted, they did lose a ton on defense. They bring back a lot on offense. Stetson Bennett is back, but Stetson Bennett did not win the Heisman Trophy. Bryce Young did, and he's back at Alabama. And as you know, as many issues as Alabama had last year, they still found their way into the championship game once again. So benefit of the doubt, always going to go to Nick Saban in Alabama. But Georgia's right there, and a lot of people are picking both of them to be back in the playoff next year.
2: We know what is going on at the top. Alabama and Georgia have have become, and in the case of Georgia mostly, become perennial powerhouses. But you go further down the line, Texas A&M in the top 10. You've got Ole Miss in the mix. You've got Arkansas in the mix here. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what they can do. What do you think their chances are of making real noise in the SEC?
4: Yeah, Texas A&M is an interesting one because we know they won the college uh, recruiting championship with the number one class. Uh, how have
2: done that a couple times.
4: How quickly can that five-star talent translate to onto the field? They still have a quarterback battle going on in College Station. they got to figure that out. That's the most important position. But if everything clicks for A&M and Jimbo Fisher, they could certainly be in the mix. And Kentucky intrigues me as well. They come in number one in, in the rankings, 21 in the rankings. And I think that's a team that certainly, if the cards fall right and they could somehow beat Georgia this year Kentucky can be that dark horse in the east that can up you know disrupt the apple cart so those are kind of some teams to watch of course Arkansas they gave Alabama a little bit of a game last year can they do it again and KJ Jefferson take that next step in his development maybe Arkansas could be a team to make some noise in the west but yeah at the end of the day it's Alabama and Georgia and I think everybody else is playing for third place in the SEC
2: what I think is interesting is in a, lot of, in a lot of cases, we see quarterbacks can dictate a lot of this. And you mentioned Stetson Bennett didn't win the Heisman. There's some quarterback talent down the line a little bit that could make this interesting.
4: There is. And there's some really good quarterbacks in this league. Like I mentioned, Kentucky with Will Levis, uh, a team that's just outside the top 25 looking in is Tennessee with Hendon Hooker. A lot of people like what they saw to him and Josh Heupel's offense last year. He gets another year of of maturity and coming back uh, with the with the Vols. So people think they can make some noise and then you get a couple other teams that are on the outside looking in as well. LSU, Auburn, Florida. Mississippi State, a lot of people wondering what they can do. Mississippi State's got Will Rogers, who, oh, by the way, was like top five in passing in the country last year. They're going to throw for a ton of yards and score a lot of points. So there's some other teams in the SEC that can make some noise when it's all said and done. But uh, again, I think most people are looking at that top and saying, okay, Alabama and Georgia, we think are back. Ohio State looks like they can run the table in the Big Ten Clemson are they going to run the table in the ACC this year Clemson had a down year last year and it was two losses so a lot of people expecting them to bounce back what about Notre Dame they're the wild card out there that a lot of people think Marcus Freeman can you know get the, the ship back on track with Brian Kelly leaving and they can make a run so there's a lot of teams up at the top this year that I think a lot of people are looking at and saying you know that we can kind of figure out who's going to be in that playoff you know this early in the game.
2: Stay up to date on the SEC by subscribing to Locked on Sports today and the Locked on SEC podcasts on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the Saints are proving the worth of having a veteran backup quarterback.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason... If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jameis
2: Winston left practice early with a foot injury, the severity of which is not currently known. Ross Jackson is at camp covering the New Orleans Saints every day for Locked On Saints, and he believes that having a veteran backup
5: is key in times like this. So the good news, though, is that even with Jameis Winston not able to be out there, you still got guys like Michael Thomas and and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave, who whatever quarterback is out there throwing them the ball, you're going to get good work for that quarterback and for that offense. And this is one of those situations where it's a good thing that you brought in Andy Dalton this season. And that's one of the reasons why sacrificing that third round compensatory selection potential third round compensatory selection by bringing him in completely pays off for you because, He's still an NFL starting caliber quarterback, and while you don't necessarily need him or want him to start for you week one over Jameis Winston at all, you still get to utilize his talents in practice as a seasoned NFL veteran starting playoff appearing quarterback for all of those receivers and for the offensive line. So it's not like you're going from Jameis Winston to someone that's never run an offense before. You're going from Jameis Winston to somebody that has had six different offenses installed in each of the last six years, right, or over the last six years. So that's really where the good thing is about having Andy Dalton there. It's not that you want Andy Dalton to be, you know, your starter going into week one, but that you're still getting those other players ready for Jameis Winston week one with Andy Dalton in at practice. If, I hope that that makes sense.
2: The thing I like to tease Ross about is the Taysom Hill contract because he doesn't like it either. And the Saints are spending considerable resources at quarterback, although Jameis is not on some Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray level deal. But Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, and Taysom Hill are all making serious money. They've allocated the resources there so that They have insurance if Jameis Winston goes down. This is the problem with not having a franchise quarterback. You need to pay more for your backups. If you have Patrick Mahomes, you don't worry about what the backup plan is because if Patrick Mahomes goes down, your season is over with. And the Saints can't rely on that because Jameis Winston is not the kind of player at this point in his career where he is your franchise guy every week and you know that. Andy Dalton is not coming in and putting pressure on Jameis Winston, pushing for a starting job. Taysom Hill is the break in case of emergency player. This makes sense. It doesn't make sense for every team. It makes sense for this team. It's the rivalry you never knew you needed. DeJounte Murray versus Paolo Bancaro. After the clip of Murray dunking over Bancaro went viral, Bancaro took to Instagram to call Murray out for unfollowing him on Instagram and making the on-court rivalry Personal, Murray didn't take too kindly to that, and wrote his own scathing Instagram post that ended with, "You made it and changed, and I lost all respect." Do I want to watch Hawks Magic now? I want to watch Hawks Magic now. Wow, amazing! Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite teams, Locked On Podcast, and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will we have an update on Jameis Winston's status? So at least until tomorrow. Stay Locked On Sports today.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.